You're listening to Tech Talk. This is uh, KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, Monday morning, 9 a.m., as always. Uh, we have a special guest here today. Um, I'm sitting here with uh, UCI professor uh, Daniel Frost, I assume is the full name, um, who is a professor with the uh, ICS Department, uh, Information and Computer Science here at UCI, and he's here to talk to us about gaming, uh, but on the uh, science side of things, I suppose, the programming. Um, please introduce yourselves to our listeners who may or may not know you. Hi, well, I'm Dan Frost. I'm a lecturer here in, it's actually a school now, the school of, the Donald Brenn School of Information and Computer Sciences. And there are three departments in the school. One of them is computer science, one is informatics, and one is statistics. And I teach in both the informatics and computer science departments. Awesome. Um, so uh, let's start with this whole idea of game science. What inspired, well, okay, so who was with you in putting this together? So, right, we have a new major called Computer Game Science, and it ha- was approved by various faculty and campus-wide committees last March, and so it really started up this fall. And it's a new major. It has somewhere between 35 and 40 majors in it right now who are pretty much fre- all freshmen, though there are a few sophomores who switched majors. And the idea started in the summer of 2009, with the dean, uh, Professor Deborah Richardson, and she had this idea that we could have a, it would be good to have a major uh, that had to do with computer games. Uh, they use a lot of interesting computer science. They, uh, there's Orange County is a real center of computer games, and so a lot of students who graduate from uh, UCI and from the Bren School do end up working at computer game companies, video game companies, and uh, it's a sort of an exciting, growing area of of computer science, so we thought let's let's ride that wave. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I know uh, Blizzard has an office, and I think the general area and they Blizz- offer- Blizzard is in Irvine. They used to be on campus in the uh, research park, and oh. then they grew and grew uh, for reasons that I'm sure everyone is familiar with <laughs> over the last five or ten years. And now they're but they're still in Irvine, but a little bit further south. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, they actually offer internships to a few computer science students every year, right? They people do have interns chips with them, um, and then also they hire a fair number of our graduates. and Which is nice, obviously, yeah. and I'm sure there's other gaming companies in the area. There are lots of other companies. None are as big or as famous, but there are lots of other exciting companies. So Yeah. Um, so let's start with the uh, small end. I know that you teach a game design class. Uh, right. Can you talk about that? Because I think this is a really interesting class. Well, right now I'm teaching a course called games, let's see, Game Systems and Design. And by games, we mean both computer games, video games, cell phone games, mobile games, flash games, fa- uh, Facebook games, any kind of game like that, but not Monopoly or chess. <laughs> um, you've taught this for – how long have you taught this? Because it sounds like a familiar course to me. No, this is the first offering right now. Oh. There is a course that I've been teaching since 1999 called Computer Game Development. And so that you might be familiar with that. And that's a course where – sort of oriented towards seniors in computer science, and they work in teams of usually four, sometimes three or five, and they design and make a new computer game. And that course continues to exist, but it isn't really part of the major. That was sort of our tryout for doing this major. I feel like, have have there been other courses like the one you're teaching right now in terms of game design? Because I have have several friends, roommates, former roommates, who've taken classes not as CS majors that were involved with game design or game creation. You're right. There was a sequence of courses called Computer Games as Art, Culture, and Technology. And this was offered by the Division of Undergraduate Education, DUE. 
and they were called University Studies 12 ABC, and ABC because it was a fall, winter, spring sequence. Uh, for freshmen only, the DUE has this um, freshman integrated program, FIP, and <laughs> FIP involves courses that m- three professors teach for three quarters, and it counts as a writing course and as, a, I think, three different GE distributions. So it's attractive to freshmen, and the idea is to sort of get the, a sense of a, a, small, a relatively small uh, course, 80 students, it's not very small, but relatively small inside of a fairly large university. So I taught with um, two other professors this uh, FIP course called Computer Games as Art, Culture, and Technology. And so freshmen from, we didn't teach it last year, but from the three previous years, we had about 80 freshmen each year. So you may well know someone who took that course. Wow. And the course you're teaching right now, is it major specific or is it open to other, uh, is it CS only or is it, uh, does it have a major requirement? It's both. It's a required course for computer game science majors. But it's also a GE course in Category 2, whatever that is, Technology and Society. So the course has, right now, about 115 students, of whom 50 or 60 are taking it as a gen ed course. Yeah, uh, my roommate, I think he's a psychology major, and he was telling me how he has no programming experience whatsoever. But within the course, the way it was taught um, was constructed in such a way where he was able to, by the end of the course, put a very straightforward computer game together. I think he was using, like, sprites mm-hmm. to put mm-hmm. together, like, a basic RPG or something like that. Right. I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, certainly programming is a skill that can take a long time to learn and is not everybody's, um, not every, something everyone can do equally well. But I think everybody who's at least reasonably interested in, in video games can learn enough programming to make a pretty fun and interesting game. In fact, you actually have, I noticed on your website, you have a Java, I think it's a Java library built for uh, building video games? That's correct. That's uh, some- briefly, could you just talk about that? I thought that was uh, really cool. So that's a uh, library that is spelled U-C-I-G-A-M-E, but is pronounced Usigami, <laughs> uh, like origami or something like that. And that's really for Java programmers or for people who want to become Java programmers. And Java is a, a, a well-known common pro- programming language. And it makes... It makes it easier to make simple games. Right? The philosophy in designing this was that um, an e- a, a, a small, simple game should be made with a small, simple program. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you need to do an awful lot of programming just to get a very simple game out of Pong or something like that. So I, I wrote the Usigami library to simplify the process of making simple games. Though it doesn't really work for very complicated games. So is it like a, it, it, as far as, and I assume this is kind of, it's not quite like an API, it's more like a, just a, like a, like a code library? Well, I don't know how technical I should get here. It's, it's, you can be as technical as it's you want a, to be. It's a super class, and when you write a game, your class extends Usigami, and so your, your class is a subclass of the Usigami class, and it inherits all sorts of cool things. Oh, so within that you can call a lot of the the parent functions down yeah, and exactly. do interesting things with them. Right. Yeah, and actually this is really interesting to me because I did two years of, uh, I was CSE for two years before I, I oh, changed okay. majors to journalism actually, which was a bit of a flip. And um, when we were doing the programming, uh, especially with uh, Java, using classes like parent classes was in, not only incredibly, was incredibly useful, but we never got to the GUI programming which I had always kind of regretted. Yeah, I think an interesting... Right. GUI programming turns out to be fairly difficult to do, and yet, of course, whenever we run programs, there's a user interface, and so 
it seems natural to want to start with that as a as a new programmer. And then when you take a first year programming course and you do very little with user interfaces, I think sometimes people think there's a disconnect. So that was part of the design of Usigami was to make at least game sort of user interfaces um, fairly easy to do. And I, I'm assuming these are simple 2D like s- scroller type games, or are we talking something slightly more complex? Than- well, lots of people make sort of side scroller games. Um, you could make mazes or top-down shooters. They are all 2D, though some people have been very clever in their artwork and made it look like 3D. Uh, but certainly this isn't a 3D system that really you, you build a model in Maya or OpenGL. I mean, uh, Maya or um, Studio 3D Max or something <coughs> like that. And then, you know, a real 3D game like that. That's not what we're doing. But I assume that's a part of the new major. Yes. Students in the new major will definitely be making 3D video games, not the first year, but in the second year they'll take computer graphics courses and learn the math, and then they'll they'll start doing that. Okay, so let's start, let's build the major from the ground up. What are going to be some of the primary, the, the core of what you want to be able to take away from this major? Well, to a large extent, the computer game science major is very similar to computer science, and it's sort of computer science with game as its middle name. And so that means that a lot of the things that are in computer science are in computer game science, learning how to program, taking some calculus, taking some other math, statistics, um, hardware architecture, software engineering, uh, artificial intelligence, networks, all sorts of things that are in computer science are, there's maybe a a 50% or 60 or 70% overlap between computer science and computer game science. And the difference is computer game science is focused on computer games, and there's more courses that require students to work in teams, design games, uh, build games, implement them, test them, play test them, and then perhaps release them. We don't know whether that will happen, but maybe on Steam or something. Uh, so there's an awful lot of similarity, and especially in the first two years, the, the lower division courses, there's there's maybe 85% similarity. Wow. Well, that makes sense, though. You have to get the basics down before you can move on. Um, as far as the design goes, computer design is very difficult. Are you guys going planning on do, like combining courses with the art school in terms of being able to do graphics design, or is there an in-house computer graphics program within this ICS that you'll be able to take advantage of? Well, that that might actually be a weak spot in this major, is that it really is a technical major that's focused on the science part, the, the programming, the engineering part of, of building games. Typically in a company when there's a, that's making computer games, a game studio, there's um, a team of engineers, they often call it engineers, but we would probably say programmers, there's a team of artists, and then there's usually a small team of designers who create the levels and the puzzles, and often, and sometimes there are writers. And then, of course, there might be sound people and voice actors, but they're often hired later. And then there's also a management layer over that. So the, this major, what we're doing, is really oriented towards people who want to go into the, the engineering science side of things. If you wanted to be a, a designer or an artist, this really isn't the right major for you. And, and it may be... It would be very nice if in a few years we're offering other majors or other tracks within the major that would support someone who was, for instance, an artist, but we're not doing that right now. Well, I imagine with the the major just getting started, there's probably quite a bit of work ahead in terms of fleshing everything out. Yes, that's true. And we certainly wanted to get something going and assess the popularity and, and get the momentum rather than saying we won't start the major until we have every single course in place. I don't think that's possible to do. And you've got, you said you have a, a pretty decent freshman class right now. Right. What happened 
since the major was only approved by the um, campus-wide committees, it was approved last December, December of 2009, uh, by the Bren School, so the faculty voted to approve it, but then a new major has to go and get approved by campus-wide committees. And that just takes a few months and got approved, I think, in the middle of March. But by that time, of course, it was too late to say uh, to incoming freshmen, apply to UCI as a computer game, game science major. Yeah. But we did send out an email to all the freshmen saying, there is this new major, perhaps you're interested in it. And some people switched into that major over the summer. That's good. Um, so there's already some initial success there. Right. Um, so what are some of your plans for the major at the moment? Like, what, are they, what do these students have to look forward to? And for other undeclared students, either outside of uh, this computer, the field of computer science or undeclared majors within ICS, uh, what are some of the courses that you guys are offering that you think is unique? Well, one, so I guess there's a few ways to answer that. One thing is that we hope over the next year or two to start offering some minors. So lots of people are interested in computer games, but perhaps they don't want that to be their major. So we'll probably offer a minor in computer game science that will still be pretty technical and involve computer programming, but won't require as many courses, just like any minor. And then, maybe more excitingly, we hope to offer a minor that involves making computer games but isn't too technical. So it maybe focuses on the art and design and story writing and maybe sort of cultural analysis side of things and, um, and probably a little bit of programming, but not, not focused on programming and certainly no calculus or um, discrete math or statistics or anything like that. <laughs> so um, I think a lot of people would be interested in that. I think it's a very reasonable minor to have. We don't have that approved right now, but hopefully that's one direction we're moving towards over a few years. Um, so what was the process in getting this put together? Because uh, how new is this, actually? What, what was the last new major to be added to ICS? I think it's informatics, isn't it? Actually, we're adding lots of majors in ICS. Um, our associate dean for student affairs, uh, Professor Vanderhoek, has this analogy, which is way back when, at some point in the past, there was an engineering major, and then maybe like 50 years ago or 100 years ago. And then as engineering became bigger and bigger and there was more and more technology, people said, well, you really should split out electrical engineering, civil engineering, chemical engineering, aerospace engineering, biomedical engineering, um, whatever else there is. So nowadays we expect engineering schools to have five, six, seven, eight majors and five, six, seven, eight departments. And so the same, same thing is happening with computer science. Uh, not too long ago there was just computer science as a major and maybe as a department. And now the bigger uh, and more forward-looking schools, such as UCI, are saying, well, computer science actually has, is a very large field, impacts life in many different ways. So we have majors in computer science, but also informatics, as you mentioned, computer game science. I think the previous major before computer game science was actually biomedical computing. And so that was focusing on the very large area where uh, computational tools and techniques and ideas are used to um, uh, for health, for biology, for public health, for um, neuroscience, for all that sort of stuff. So with this evolution, um, obviously people are expecting more when they come to college, like more variety. Um, with the addition of the computer game science major, um, how much of a leap forward is this in terms of what used to be to what is and like how unique is this program actually among the uc system well um it's semi-unique meaning there's one other uc campus which has something similar the uh uc santa cruz 
has a program which they call computer science dash game design. Now, that's not quite right, but something like that. It, they have game design in the title. And it's not completely di- different from what we're doing. It's a, it's a program which is fun- fundamentally computer science, but with a, a healthy addition of game uh, topics and the game focus on a lot of the courses, and then also students make several games. And I think that's probably a very strong program, and I know a lot of the faculty there who are, who are quite good. Uh, we're doing things a little bit differently. We're a larger computer science school. We have a broader approach to computer science to begin with, so that is reflected, I think, in our computer game science major. Um, and then other outside the UC system, the other real big school that everyone has around here has heard of is uh, USC, and they have a very fine uh, game-oriented computer science major. And then there may be half a dozen to a dozen other schools at the level of UCI and USC and US, UCSC, Santa Cruz, that have game majors. But th- it's, it's still fairly rare across the entire United States. Um, it is actually obviously quite rare. But in that case, that gives you guys a very big uh, opportunity here to make, well, a name for yourself, I suppose, is one thing. But to really establish this new major is something solid. I think so. I think that we will, I mean, as you probably know, there's a real push, (coughs) excuse me, there's a push in the UC system to have more students from out of state for financial reasons. But I think that also, um, since we're offering something that isn't offered in in many states, we will be pulling in a lot of students from out of state and perhaps out of the country who want to do computer game science, but maybe they come from Texas or some country, some state that doesn't have that program, or maybe they come from uh, Japan or some country that doesn't have a big program like that. Um, I know with a lot of these things, the faculty plays a really big role in this. Um, how much faculty do you have, A, uh, participating in this new major, and B, what are some of their backgrounds, if you can uh, divulge that? Well, it's, it's not a secret, but it's something that's still unfolding. We have, in addition to the undergraduate major, something called the Center for Computer Games and Virtual Worlds. And a center is UCIEs for a bunch of faculty members who have some shared interests and meet together regularly, maybe invite speakers, and also do research projects together. So it's sort of uh, a little bit different than a department. So the Center for Computer Games has something like 30 faculty members, a lot from computer science, but also from anthropology, law, arts, uh, mathematics, social sciences. So there are a lot of faculty across the campus who are interested in game-oriented things in, in some way or another. Right now, um, the major has, we're, this year we're only teaching the freshman courses because we only have freshmen, and we've taught two courses, and it happens to be that I taught the first one in the fall and I'm teaching this one. But another professor, Bill Tomlinson, will teach the, the spring course. And then next year we'll be teaching fall, we'll be teaching sophomore and freshman and sophomore courses, and then the third year we'll be teaching three years of courses. So more and more faculty will will participate, and I don't know exactly which ones. Most courses that we have, there are several faculty who can teach them. Uh, we have 60 or 70 faculty, faculty members in computer science, so there's usually overlap, and we'll see who the chair is assigned to teach additional courses. But there's probably... 10 or 12 faculty who are very interested in various aspects of computer games, whether it's computer graphics or social impacts or um, mathematical modeling or anything else. So there is a possibility that you'll actually be able to work with some of the other schools and as, in as far as bringing in gaming culture 
into the major in addition to the gaming science. Other schools within UCI, within UCI, absolutely, and actually, even within our within the school of uh, the Bren School of Information and Computer Sciences, the informatics department is kind of focused on the cultural and organizational and social sides of computer science. And there's a professor in informatics named Bonnie Nardi, who who has a PhD in anthropology, but she's in this sort of technical department called informatics. And she wrote a book which was just published. Um, in 2010 called My Life as a Night Elf Priest. <laughs> so she has played a lot of World of Warcraft and uh, as a night elf priest and has also, as, a, as, as well as being a gamer, she puts on her anthropologist hat and says, oh, I'm in an interesting new society here. Let me see what the natives are saying and doing and thinking and what's important to them. And so she wrote a book about it. It's a very interesting book. And the course that I taught last fall, we read a chapter. So um, there, are, there are absolutely professors in other schools and w- across UCI who we're collaborating with, but even within the Bren School, we've got a, quite a diversity of approaches to, to how we think about video games. So well, you're in a unique position, I think, because you, like you said, you taught one of the first classes for a brand new major. Uh, could you talk about that experience? Because we, we don't get to hear about that very often. It's not very often. Not only do we get a new major on campus, but to teach the very first class. Well, it was a unique experience, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, The course was a course from last fall called Computer Games and Society, and this was also a course that is required for majors, for for computer game science majors, but was a GE course, and this one was in GE Category 3, which is called, I think, Social and Behavioral Sciences. And not too many computer science courses count as Category 3, but this one did. I worked with Professor Nardi, who I just mentioned, who's an anthropologist. So I, um, I got her insight on things, and so it was. It was a. It was an interesting course because it was a little bit different than the typical computer science course that I teach. It was. Uh, it did have this mix of new of these new majors who are very excited to be the first students who are in this new major, and then the people who were taking it as a GE generally were very interested and very enthusiastic participants in the course. Uh, it's interesting to think about video games from the perspective of their cultural object. They're they're changing culture. Culture is changing them. How does that all work? And that's that was the focus of the course. Um, since you have the opportunity of being in an area with a lot of game companies, how important will it be to the juniors and seniors, especially the seniors, because they're going to have, I assume, some form of a senior design project? Mm-hmm. How important will it be for them to start making industrial connections early on in the form of work-study programs, internships, small projects, stuff like that? Well, I think that will vary a lot from person to person. You know, Some people are... Um, are, are good at making connections and, and getting jobs and finding internships, and some people don't maybe have that knack or don't find that quite so important. I think that some some students will um, want to go right from majoring and from getting their bachelor's of science in computer game science, go straight into the industry as a uh, programmer in a, for a computer company, for a computer game company. But I think lots of students actually will take other directions, just like with every other major uh, the major doesn't influence your 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 job. If you're a journalism major like you are, that doesn't mean you have to go work for a newspaper or a radio company, right? There's lots of other possibilities for journalism majors. And I think uh, there are lots of other possibilities for computer game science majors. Um, but we will certainly, I mean, I th- I, but on the other hand, I think we, you know, internships and um, 
connections with local professionals are important, and we were we will certainly foster that. A lot of companies, game companies, were very excited to hear that we were starting this major. They're looking forward to hiring our graduates in a few years. They, a lot of people from game companies around here gave us very useful information in terms of designing courses and the overall curriculum. Uh, of course, a lot of these people are um, computer are, are ICS majors from UCI. Uh, lots of ICS majors have gone on to work for game companies or even to found game companies. So they're great. To, they're very happy to see what's happening here, and they'll, I'm sure they'll be happy to hire interns and work with students as they do their senior design project. I can't. None of this has happened yet, so I can't. Obviously, I can't say Blizzard has committed to hiring 30 <laughs> students every summer. That would, that would be nice, but that we, we're not at that place yet. But so it, there is a possibility that students within this major could look forward to possibly having guest lecturers come in or seminars being taught by industry professionals. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That, I always try and do that in my classes. And uh, for the computer game development class that I've been teaching for a long time, we always have speakers from, from companies come in and it's it's always very interesting. They have great perspectives, and they're generally people who work in video games are wonderful people, very excited to be doing their jobs and very ex- excited to talk about what they're doing. And um, so they, they're, they're always happy to come talk to classes, and students are always happy to hear them. All right. On a slightly more serious note, obviously with all the budget cuts, every department's had to cut back. Have they? How have they affected you guys with, with, with trying to put this new major on? Obviously, there's going to be new pressures. Faculty is going to have to take on new projects. There's going to be a lot more work on the table. How difficult was it to? How much more difficult was it than if, say, our the financial system with the, this financial situation within the UC was in a slightly better position? That's a really good question that I'm not sure I really know the answer to. It certainly was a little bit of a leap on the school's part and the dean's part and also on the university's part to say, we'll start this new major, which will involve new courses. On the other hand, if it brings in new students who might otherwise have gone to UCLA or uh, San Diego or something, but they want to go here and get something which we offer and they don't, then perhaps uh, the the expense of offering some new courses is is justified by the additional students. I really, I certainly hear all about about budgeting issues and financial crisis issues all the time, and I must say I really don't know how it all works and how the money is is allocated. If a de- if a department decides to offer a new course, does someone say, "Okay, here's ten thousand dollars to offer that new course," or how does that work? I must admit I don't know, and I'm not really a financial guy. So, um, we our deans and our the dean and our chairs have said, you know. This is a great major, and we're looking forward to it, and we, it requires some new courses, and we'll shuffle around faculty who clearly, for instance, this year, this quarter, I'm teaching a um, game system and design. It means I'm not teaching something else, and I guess someone else is teaching that. But at some point, they either hired somebody new or they didn't teach another course. Well, that was one of the things I was wondering. I imagine it'd be rather difficult right now for them to bring. Well, I, that's the thing. That, that's what I'm not too sure about. Like, would it be difficult for them to bring in in the foreseeable future new lecturers, possibly, even if they were, or even have graduate students come in? Well, I think that would be the difficulty of it, though, wasn't? Wouldn't it? If there's no real graduate students to teach courses, would you be able to possibly uh, pull from the pool of graduate students and you know CS in general? Possibly, we have very few graduate students in the Bren School teaching courses. So I don't know if that's different in different departments. But, And I'm not saying it never happens, but uh, probably most quarters 
we offer something like 30 or 40 or 50 courses to our students, and none of them are taught by graduate students. Certainly some of them are taught by lecturers. I'm a lecturer, but I'm a full-time lecturer. I've been here for 14 years, so I think, you know, I'm teaching. I'm giving the students the same experience as if they had a professor. Um, do you feel like that would be something that would help the major a little bit, is if you could get some of the students in teaching as well as some of the professors and lecturers? graduate students or what have you? It would depend entirely on the graduate student. There are certainly graduate students who are great teachers, and they probably will go on to be professors and be really good, and who know a lot about games and and the technologies and social science issues that uh, pertain to games. So I could see the right graduate student being an excellent candidate to teach a class. But in general, that's not the way the chairs and dean in the Brand School of ICS do things. So I suspect um, I suspect that won't change, and, and very few of the courses will be taught by grad students. We may well have to hire um, another lecturer or um, adjunct professors. Uh, we probably will hire adjuncts, meaning people who are have another job and come in and teach one course a quarter or something like that, because um, there are people who work in game companies who have said, "I want to teach a course for you." I know so much. I've, you know, in working and making games for 10 or 20 years, I've learned so much about game design or maybe some technical part, and I want to teach that course. Several people have said that to us, and I think we would be, we would be making a mistake not to be able to hire them occasionally, but that isn't a person who wants to become a, fa- a full-time faculty member at UCI. That's a person who wants to just says, okay, I'm in, I've got, this quarter I've got a break between we just delivered one game, and we haven't yet gotten funding on the next one, and we've got a little bit of a of a gap, and I can sp- spend three hours a week teaching and three or four hours a week supporting that, planning that, talking to students, and be an adjunct. And that'll be great. I think we'll. I think as in a few years we'll have a lot of that, and it'll be a real a real beneficial thing for the students. That's one way they'll really meet people who are working at local game companies. In that that point, the whole idea of a few years into the future. That's. Something else I think that's really exciting about this is that this major will be evolving alongside the freshman class. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we we de- designed the major as well as we could last fall um, and got it approved by all the people who had to approve it. But we knew even then that we were doing – we had a plan that was not perfect. And we didn't know how many students would be interested or – how exactly things would play out, what the budget was, but we're even within the last month or two, we've had meetings to say, let's let's come up with version 1.1 of the computer game science major, and at some point that will be rolled out, and then I'm sure there'll be 1.2, and we'll add new classes and um, change things in various ways so that it's better and better. Not to be overly negative or what have you, but what are some of the dangers that the fr- the freshman cra- class is facing with being in a new major? M- dangers may not be necessarily a, the best word for it, but w- what are some of the things they should watch out for, I suppose? Well, um, you know, in any major, I think there are people who come in as freshmen and say, this sounds really great, and then they decide, as they take a few courses, this isn't right for me. And I don't think that's a danger. I think that's actually a really great thing. Um, uh, you switched majors from a very technical engineering major to a humanities journalism major, and I hopefully you found that was a good process and you learned a lot from it. Very much I so. switched majors several times as an undergraduate, and um, so I don't think it's... I think one thing that will happen is people come in who love computer games, lo- very excited about video games, but they'll take a few of our courses and they'll realize, for whatever reason, this isn't right for me. 
either maybe it's too technical, too programming oriented, um, or maybe they take another course at the same time. Maybe they're taking a history course, and they say, "Well, that's really even more exciting." So I think that's a good thing, but I'm sure it will happen, and I think it's ha- it's already happened with a few students, and we've had a few students switch out. We've had a few students switch in. So one one danger that parents worry about is. Um, Maybe that this major is a little too trendy or a little too focused or specialized. Um, UCI is not a vocational school. We're not trying to train people just to go into one particular sort of job. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's not what UCI is all about. And as I said before, I think probably most, my guess is that most computer game science majors, 10 years after they graduate, will not be working for game companies by choice. But it will turn out that there are lots of other companies who want people who are well-trained in computer science and programming and engineering and math and physics and also have the, the attitude that I think you'll get in computer game science of being interested in the understanding that it's a product we're making. It's not just a bunch of theories. It's not just a bunch of equations. We're actually making a product that we want, people, we want to engage people. And even if it's not a game, even if it's a simulation, even if it's for a, a, a science uh, something for a lab. Um, I had a, a one student came by whose father works for NASA, and I was talking with his father, and his father said, we really want to hire people who have this training that you're giving them, not because NASA's making games, but because they have vast amounts of data and large, complex user interfaces and screens, and they want to, you know, it's it, they want to have people who understand how to take all that computer information and make it visible and make it a 3D world that you can navigate in. It isn't a game. You're not going to be shooting aliens, probably, but it's going to be uh, a lot of those game skills and that mentality of how do I make a game will apply for lots of other areas that aren't just entertainment. I think that's something important to talk about is the the ability to abstract mm-hmm. uh, what one is doing. I know um, slightly more political side of things, but um, I think within the House they've just appointed a new person to the uh, the uh, education committee, I guess, and she's a Republican who has publicly stated that they're, not only should they pull funding from the schools, but, you know, all kids need nowadays is, like, a skill and a certification. Um, on the other hand, you come to the UC system, and what's being taught is not so much a specific skill, but the ability, I, I have a friend of mine who's a programmer, um, and one of the things he loves about the CS program is, they don't teach me how to pl- do, program Java, they teach me how to program, so mm-hmm. you can give me anything and I can pick it up. How, could you talk about this? With all the years you spent teaching, I'm sure you've had a lot of experience between people who want to learn the skill versus people who want to learn the ability. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question, and and I think um, the right balance is going to vary from person to person, and it, things will work out well if, if a person finds a major and a professor and a university and a course that whose balance is similar to the students and or gives the students what, what he wants. I mean, I think sometimes you want to learn a skill. If you start taking French 1, you don't want theory of linguistics. You want to learn how to say, I'd like to order an omelet in French or something like that. But then there are courses that are perhaps uh, too, theori- th- too theoretical. And, it's, and too theoretical means too much for any one student at any one time. But some people will like it and some people won't. Um, I think in computer game science, we're aware of that sort of trade-off, and we're trying to find the, a right spot in the middle. So, for instance, my course that I'm teaching now is called com- uh, Game Systems and Design, and we're talking about game design. 
But game design is not completely dissimilar to designing anything else. So houses are designed, and shirts are designed, and uh, school curriculums are designed. And so today in lecture, we talked about design as a sort of a general notion. What are you trying to do with design? And one thing you're trying to do is create an object that has certain qualities. So if you design a house, you it should have qualities like it doesn't fall down or it has a certain number of square feet or it costs a certain amount. But you're also designing, when you're designing an object or an artifact, you also have to think about the human and you have to think about or the, the multiple humans who will be using it. So when you design a house, you don't just think how many square feet. You think, what will it feel like? Will it... Will it, have, will it give the, the person a certain sense of being home or um, being a, a safe place um, or, or looking nice in the neighborhood? But that sort of, um, you know, the human interaction side is very important. And so when you're designing a game, you might think about things like, oh, it would be really cool to be able to jump over this monster here by pressing this key there. And that's kind of the, the technical thing. Or you might say, well, it has to run on a certain, you know, has to run on an iPod or something like that. So there's, very, there's the technical concerns of, what, of the artifact, but then there's the, also the concern of what experience do we want someone to have when they play this game? What do we want to take them to take, out, take away from it? And, of course, the experience might just be they have fun, they're diverted. But I think you can always dig a little deeper than that and say, you know, why is Angry Birds so much fun? <laughs> what, what is it that, about Angry Birds that has, has caused millions of people to spend dozens and dozens of hours shooting these birds at these pigs who are building these uh, fort- fortifications. And um, probably that started by someone having a concept for what sort of exp- user experience they wanted. So I think there are things about design, which if you're talking about design, you can be specific and say, okay, in this class, we're going to design computer games. But a lot of people who take the class will then go out and become architects, or they'll design, they'll have families, and they'll cook dinners for their family, and they'll be designing that. And the same concepts will hold. So I think you I think it's possible to teach a class in which you're you don't lose sight of the specifics. You're actually designing something specific. In, in our case a game, but it could be something else in a different class. But you're also the class is also aware of looking at this besides just games. Most of the people in my class will not go on to design computer games. It's a GE course, but hopefully they'll all learn that they're designing things of some sort in their lives. Lives. <laughs> so I actually talk about stuff like Angry Birds and other things like that. Obviously, game culture changes constantly. I mean, that that what's new in gaming does change. That is a very mm-hmm. fluid um, thing. How important is it for the within the major to understand the movement of game culture? Well, that's not the focus of the major. Um, this is definitely a technical major where we're more interested in. Overall, we're more interested in, you know, how do we get this library to work, or how do we get this algorithm to work, or how do we, how do we get 30 frames per second when we're doing a certain amount of complex processing. But um, we're certainly not forgetting about game culture. We're just, uh, and it, and that was largely the focus of the fall course that I taught called Computer Games and Society. But that was sort of the sort of the form of basis. Most of the courses will certainly have a more technical orientation. On the other hand, we always want students to be thinking about, uh, you know, as I was saying with design, we want students to be thinking about who's the person who's playing this and and what effect will the game have on them. One thing that we will be emphasizing as as we get students who are taking courses where they actually make games, 
large games. They spend 10 weeks and work in a team of five or six people is um, games that aren't just for entertainment but have a, a purpose. That have, they're maybe trying to um, teach people something or persuade people about something or um, remedy some social problems. And these are often called persuasive games or serious games. And uh, I think it's important to have an emphasis on that and to not just say, I mean, Angry Birds is great, um, but uh, and it's certainly entertaining, and it's certainly a, a pastime or a diversion, but I think it's important for people who are being trained on computer game science to be also thinking about, well, suppose we wanted to have a game which when that was designed for four fourth graders to play and made them aw- more aware of the dangers of um, type 2 diabetes. So that doesn't sound like a lot of fun, you know. But on the other hand, t- type 2 diabetes is a real epidemic in the United States and in most other countries. So maybe there could be a game where Somehow, in playing the game, it would be entertaining for the fourth grader, but would also teach him or her about type 2 diabetes and perhaps even change the behavior so that the child said, well, I'm not going to have that Twinkie, and so I'll have an apple <laughs> or something like that. Um, probably more along the lines of what I was wondering is on the science side of things, that changes too in terms of the kind of um, – what you can program with. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of the science of it depends on the hardware that's available. Right. Uh, when the, when uh, id Software first put together Doom, you know, they had to work around the hardware of the time. They, they they created a fantastic game, I think. I mean, with Duke Nukem and Doom and all those old games using mm-hmm. the ISO engines. Right, they were great. Which were fantastic. Nowadays, you've got a lot of new engines. You've got the Quake engine, you've got the Unreal engine. And in that in itself, itself, like designing an engine, a game engine, this sort of a super class, I suppose. That's a, a poor abstraction if there ever was. But, like, this thing with which you can use this engine and do many, many, many different things. Right. How important is that as far as the design process, being able to build, not just understanding things that technically from a broader prospect, but also being able to integrate the hardware of the time into your designs? Well, no, that's very important. That's a, a very good observation. And... um I mean, on the one hand, I don't think that we, we in the university can chase the latest hardware, the latest, <laughs> the latest um, uh, engine that is being sold to uh, large companies for $30,000 a seat, that sort of thing. We're not going to do that. But we're very interested in the connection between um, hardware and specialized hardware, graphics chips and things like that, and then engines which provide a lot of uh, sort of an interface between the hardware and the game programmer. And then the game programmer. So next quarter, I mean next year, the sophomores will take a class called, I think the title is being changed, but it's something along the lines of um, of high-speed game hardware. And they'll learn largely about um, video chips and how, and uh, graphics program, uh, GPUs, graphical programming units. units. And those are very, from a computer science point of view, those are very, very interesting. And so they'll learn that in the winter quarter. And then, then in the spring, they'll take a course called Game Engine Lab. And so now that they've got a real – and they'll have taken another hardware course too. So they'll have two sort of hardware-oriented or, or courses under their belt. And then they'll learn about a game engine which sort of provides an abstraction for that hardware. And they'll create a game using that. I think the best way to learn a game engine is to make a game with the game engine. So by the end of the sophomore year – uh, all students will know one game engine quite well. I mean, it, they'll have made a game with it. They'll understand the hardware under underlying it to the extent that they've taken two courses in that, and they'll have made a game. So they'll really be poised 
at the end of the sophomore year to spread their wings and start making more games. They'll have been through the process of making a game with a team over 10 weeks and learning a lot more specialized. There's a lot of flexibility in this major, and they'll have to choose which courses they want to take, and it's hard to choose unless you've sort of been through the experience once. Um, so with the idea, I mean, obviously continue, not, not quite continuing along the lines of engines, but what about using certain software design stuff? Like, you know, the difference between OpenGL and DirectX, uh, mm-hmm. how different versions of these software libraries can change the way you're programming, uh, programming di- around sound libraries. How do you, you know, you know, all these different little technical aspects that are important to the overall design of the game. Are those going to be integrated as well? Or is that more of a, probably like a secondary well, I think they'll. I think. I think they'll. Those topics will come up. Maybe not. Um, hard to say. I mean, and I won't be teaching all these courses, so I don't really know. But <laughs> the, I think, for instance, what might happen is that, say, in sophomore year, the students um, use a um, write a game, maybe using a certain version of DirectX or OpenGL, and then in their junior year, there's another game design project course. And they'll spend 10 weeks, and they'll go back to OpenGL, and they'll download it, and they'll see, oh, there's a new version. It has some new capabilities. Um, and, of course, some students will say, I don't care. But some students will say, oh, let's see, what, let's see what they've added. Let's see what's new. Let's see if I can put that into my game and, and take advantage of the latest and greatest. Um, so I think I don't think – I mean, we're certainly not going to have courses on here's the latest – you know, let's read the manual and find out how – the specs have changed on this game engine, or or uh, Nvidia has a new chip. Let's let's worry too much about how it how it changes. <laughs> um, I mean, I just don't think that's the UCI academic uh, approach to things. But I think students will encounter some of those issues, and some of them will be will find them particularly interesting, and some will say, ah, I really don't care. I'm just going to use I'm going to use the new version of the software as if it was the old version of the software. I'm not going to try and learn the new features, uh, and that will be okay too. Uh, not everyone has to be a uh, switch the latest switches and flip the latest bits sort of person. Um, moving outside the topic of game programming, I suppose, just for a little bit, and then moving into programming, mm-hmm. I guess. I have a train of thought here, and I need to follow it very closely, <laughs> otherwise I'll forget what it is that I'm uh, talking about. Um, with programming in general... What are some of your opinions on how, like your personal opinions, um, as someone who's obvi- I, I assume you've also done some industrial programming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the 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 realm of programming is changing a lot. Where before you have you know large companies doing a lot of work. Now, when you, well, actually we can even stick to gaming. You're seeing a lot more of independent gaming companies putting out like little games, like these iPhone games, mobile phone development, um, adapting to these new changes within what we program on especially with the new wave of mobile devices coming to the average user, um, how flexible is this major towards adapting towards these new changes? Well, I, I certainly hope it will be flexible. Um, that will depend a lot on the individual faculty, I think. I mean, if you have a course called we, – we do have a course called um, Mobile and Ubiquitous Games – and there are several faculty member who are members who are very qualified to teach that, and they all have their own perspectives. And some of them will probably take sort of a real let's build a product and get it on the App Store or or, or put it on your um, Android phone sort of approach. 
And some will probably take a little bit more of a, a theoretical or sort of what is it, you know, like a ubiquitous game uh, could be a game that's, you know, embedded into your um, into your shoes or something. And the more you run, the more points you get. And there's a leaderboard or, you know, who knows what. So, I mean, there's, in other words, but, but since we don't really have computers in our shoes too much, um, a course like that might be a little bit more speculative or a little bit more sort of writing up a design rather than actually implementing a game that you could uh, download onto your iPod or iPad or Android device. So I think, I think you're right that it's a very exciting time to, in software development, and there are lots and lots of levels at which software can be written and distributed. Uh, the App Store really was a big, a big change that way, that it, people could buy software for 99 cents, just like you can go and buy a pack of gum or something. All of a sudden, it was easy to buy small amounts of something. And I think that's a big change, which is still playing out and will have ramifications for decades. Um, a nice thing about programming in general is that a lot of really good tools are available for free. So you can you can get web browsers and and um, um, web servers and uh, system development kits and all sorts of things for free. This has been the case for a while, but it really means that one person sitting in his bedroom or his garage or wherever can can write quite a large software system, and then with the app stores and and similar things. You can upload and the internet in general. You can you can upload it and and people will download it and pay for it. <laughs> so I think um, I think some courses that we we offer will really be influenced by that and really think about that sort of thing. For instance, we do have a course on entrepreneurship taught by Professor Jane, who has started I think four different com- companies. So he really knows about entrepreneurship. But then I think some courses are more focused on you know what are the classical algorithms for. Um, for doing something or, you know, like an, an artificial intelligence course. Um, there are some classical algorithms for getting computer systems to do things which are at least a little bit like what humans do. And it doesn't have to, um, a course like that doesn't have to talk about the latest voice recognition system that, that you see when you call up American Airlines and they say, what flight do you want to make a reservation for? But it could. I mean, it could it could be. I mean, I think lots of classes could be very, very topical, or they could be sort of general principles and concepts. And it so, somewhat depends on the person who teaches them. All right. So as we get to the end of the program, what are your personal hopes for this program? E- either your or the faculty in general. What are the hopes that this program will become? Well, I guess um, I hope that students will... I mean, my, my main hope is that I hope students will graduate and say, that was really great. I learned a lot. It was a lot of fun. I'm, gla- I'm glad there was a game focus that kept me really interested, made it really seem like it was relevant to my interest in my, my society, my culture. And yet I also learned things which, um, you know, will stand me in good stead for the rest of my life. Uh, I had a, f- a friend who was a radio engineer, and he got an, uh, his bachelor's degree in radio engineering from MIT in the 30s. Well, this was before there were there were vacuum tubes, and certainly before there were. No, I guess there were vacuum tubes, but it was before there were transistors in solid state. So things changed a lot in his career as a radio engineer. But there were some things never changed. There were still wavelengths, and a lot of the principles were exactly the same. But the technology changed, and I think that's the same. Uh, the same thing in computer game science. You know, I'm sure 20 years from now, computer games will look quite different, and people will still be saying. Remember that real old school Angry Birds? Um, 
Uh, but the the underlying principles of like of design. What does it mean to design something? Is there a trade off between designing where you're where you're focused on the product versus design where you're focused on the interaction that the human has with the product? Is that really a trade off? Is there really a contradiction there? Uh, I think those issues will still be will still be valid issues to think about, and hopefully, people who've learned about those in computer game science in their freshman year and 2000, uh, 2011 will 30 years from now be saying, I'm still thinking about that. That's still a really interesting issue. So the, my major hope is that students learn a lot and enjoy it and have a good experience. My secondary hope is that lots of students join the major and we have, we have enough students that we can offer multiple courses and have different tracks and specialize a little bit and, um, and make it you know, a real exciting community where people are actually leaving, or coming into UCI excited about games, learning a lot, and leaving and starting new companies and doing great things. All right. So do you have any um, contact information for people, people who are interested in learning more about the major? Well, they could certainly email me. I'm Dan Frost, F-R-O-S-T, and my email address is F-R-O-S-T at UCI.edu. That's probably the best, I, I would agree the best thing to do. <laughs> um, and there are certainly other people who some questions might best be answered by somebody else. So it's very likely if someone emails me, I'll say, here's a little bit of an answer, but then I'm going to hand you over to the ICS Student Affairs because any questions about changing majors or uh, that sort of thing, you should never go to a faculty member for that because it's, this, it's always the Student Affairs staff at every school that knows the most, I think. But I can certainly give some information. And I have more of a curiosity. How many seats do you have left in the class right now? The um, the class right now is in a large lecture hall, and there's there's plenty of seats left. We have 115 students, but there's probably room for 200. One of the the, the most popular discussion section is full, so that's been that's been a problem <laughs> for some students. But it, it looks like this is going to be a really exciting major. I think we're all very excited about this. This should be really interesting to see how this plays out over the next couple of years. Certainly, I, I, I'm, I'm rather envious of the new freshman <laughs> class. This would have been something really fun. I would have looked forward to playing around with something like this. But talking about it is just as good. good. Uh, so we do hope to hear from you guys again once the major moves on and grows a little bit, hopefully to have you guys come back. Who knows? Okay, we'll be on, I'd be glad to. <laughs> who knows we'll be on the show at that point. But you know what? I, this is going to be something that I think is a, a really positive step for the ICS department and I really can't wait to see how this looks, for, you know, four or five years from now looking back. So I, I, I thank you for coming in. You're uh, very welcome. Thank you. And, you know, to our listeners, once again, this is uh, Professor Dan Frost of the ICS uh, Information Computer Science, who was one of the architects of the computer game science major, which is uh, applicable now. So for freshmen or I assume by next year, even sophomores who are interested in transferring mm -hmm. majors, mm -hmm. look into it. Um, this is... KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You've been listening to Tech Talk. Up next is the Blues Disease with Jeff Scott. Uh, keep tuned for more awesome programming on the show. Thanks for listening.